0: Corinthians 15. We're going to, I'm going to say this confidently. I'm going to say it confidently and uh, I'm going to hold to it. We're going to finish chapter 15 today. Okay. We're going to finish chapter 15. And, uh, I, I, some, some, somebody, Trish, don't be over laying odds and taking money. She was over there. She's ready to lay a line and, and start taking bets on it. Um, now, we're going to finish up, and we, we had a little mini-series within the series, and and the, and the mini-series is this, is what happens when we die. And I thought we might have three or four messages in that. I think we're going to end up with two, and we'll finish that up today. But but what happens when we die? And the, and the message today is this, is the resurrection body. We're going to talk about the resurrection body. And so, First Corinthians chapter 15, just... Uh, Be there. We're we're going to look at verses 35 through the end of the chapter. I'm going to move really quickly this morning. And so buckle up, buckle up and uh, listen fast. Miss Melinda, Miss Melinda, you have the right to say, do this. Just go, Pastor, slow down, slow down. She said, sometimes I get, I get like I've had 18 cups of coffee. I know I do. And uh, I know I do. And I feel that pressure of trying to get through. So I don't keep you here all afternoon. Um, but just a pastor. Slow down. Just all right, all right. So picking up where we left off to a couple of weeks ago, we look, We looked at this. Being in Christ, being, being in, in, in the flesh, being in, in, in Adam and then in Christ. And so going back to 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 through 23, this is what we looked at last time. It says, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Paul has been talking about the resurrection. He's been talking about the resurrection of Christ. He's been talking about then Christ's first fruits. Then the resurrection of the saints and all of the resurrections going down the line all the way to the end of time. He lays all that out there. And he says, "Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is risen." He' had made the argument about, well, if Christ hasn't risen, ultimately we're, why, why are we even here? What are we doing? All is vain, all is lost, all is empty, all uh, empty, all is hopeless, if Christ has not risen. But he comes here to verse 20, he says, "But, but now Christ is risen from the dead." He testified of it in his life. The the, the disciples testified of their eyewitnesses, the 500 eyewitnesses. We've got all this evidence that points to the truth of the resurrection of Christ, that he bodily resurrected from the grave. It wasn't that he died and then just some spirit shows up. Uh, You know, a lot of people still believe that. But he was there in body, in the body that he had on earth, and we'll explain that this morning. But, it, but, but he has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, speaking of Adam and the sin there, since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead, that's through Christ. The man there is capitalized, speaking of the God-man, Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die. We all die because we're born in Adam. We are born in sin. We are born like Him, of Him. So in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ all shall be made alive. And the key to that is not that all will be made alive... It's that all that are in Christ, if you are in Christ, you are made alive. That is an absolute fact if you are in Christ. So in Christ shall all be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his, his coming. We talk about there the resurrection, the, 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 the uh, rapture. So Christ is the firstfruits, and we who are in Christ will one day in like manner rise just as Jesus did... And so Paul continues his teaching on the resurrection. Uh, then right here, we're going we're to jump over to verse 35 and he takes on a couple of hypothetical questions. So it doesn't appear from the way this is written, it doesn't appear that this is, these are actual questions that have been asked. What Paul is doing is Paul in his wisdom said, now everything we've just gone through, here's what someone's going to say. Here's the next question, and Paul's being very wise here in that he's answering questions even before they come up. He's going to answer the questions that arise. And so there's these hypotheticals that he throws out there. And if I'm being honest, if we're going to be honest when we look at these questions, it's questions that most of us have, have asked at some time. At some time in our Christian walk, whether we were younger and thinking through this, or even as we're older, getting older, trying to fully understand this concept of resurrection, not just Jesus' resurrection, but what does that mean for us? What will we be like? What is it going to be like when we're resurrected from the dead? And so these are the questions Paul asks. We look here in verse 35, it says, But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? Fair question. When you think about all the different ways people die, then you ask, how are the dead raised up? How is it that he brings them back together? How is he puts the bodies back? How, how, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? What, what is their body going to, what kind of body is it? What, what body is it that they come up with? Those are the questions that are asked. So let's go to the Lord and ask his, his hand upon this this morning as we look at this topic. Father, we thank you again for the blessing of being in your house. I thank you, Lord, for this Local body of believers here in Geneva, and I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our midst. It doesn't take long to look around and see, God, your blessing and your hand upon this fellowship, upon this body. We see people being saved. We see children coming to faith in Christ and being baptized. We see folks that are joining in fellowship here. We see, we see even older folks, older, i say, not children, the, the, the whole congregation as a whole. We see spiritual growth as we look around. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for that. Thank you for what you are doing here. Thank you for the Lord Jesus, for the hope that we have in his his death, burial, and resurrection. Hope of of everlasting life. Hope for forgiveness of sin. Hope to be reconciled with you, our Father. Lord, we thank you for what uh, you've done for us. The plan that was established by by the, 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 the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit before you ever acted in creation. Lord, you knew us. You loved us. You had a plan to save us. And, Father, thank you this morning. Uh, I pray everyone in this room has come to a true saving faith in Jesus Christ. And, Lord, if they haven't, I pray today would be that day of salvation. But we give you glory, Lord, for who you are. And we give you glory, Lord, for what you have done for us. And I ask, Lord, now as we look into your word and we look in this topic of the resurrection body what type of body we have? How does this happen? What is it what does it look like? What is what what are the things we, we can understand from your your word? So Lord, just, just I pray that you'll speak um, as you have spoken to me in preparation, I pray you'll speak through me now. And give me clarity and thought and speech, Lord. And uh, Lord, give me the words to say and bind me from saying anything you don't want said, Lord. I pray you just move in our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So there's this question, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? What, what about, you know, some would ask this question. This question I, I hear a lot with Christians. Is there, what does the, the Bible say about cremation? Should we be cremated if our body's going to rise up? So what about cremation? What about someone lost at sea? Someone who, 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 for whatever reasons, in the ocean, they're lost, they drown in the sea, their bodies never found. What about that, that person? What about the victims of 9-11 whose bodies were never re- recovered? Bodies were never found. What about the de- decomposition of our bodies after we die? What about that? What about that? the fact that we know as soon as... The fact is, folks, we're already decomposing. I mean, because of sin, from the point we're born, it's an aging process, and we're moving in the process of, of, of dying. We're moving to that. And then, when we, once we die, the, 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 the fact is our bodies are going to decompose. They're going to go back to dust in time. They're going to go back to that. What about those? What about bodies destroyed by war or, or by a beast or by some awful accident? What, what then? What about those bodies? And Paul wants them and, and us, too. Us today, them then and us today to understand this very complex, very complex, yet profoundly simple thing of resurrection. He wants us to understand this. So how does the resurrection happen? How does the resurrection work? What is the resurrected body like? So he begins in verse 36 here. He says, foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So Paul is calling uh, calling foolish this imaginary questioner so that he doesn't insult those maybe that, that are reading this and they, they don't go, oh, I can't believe he called me foolish. But the fact is, look, he, he says, don't you know? Paul had taught them. I'm sure he had been over this topic before when he was there in person. He said, don't you know? Haven't I told you? The fact is the resurrection is a miraculous supernatural event. Isn't it obvious? That's what he's saying. The Holy Spirit who raised Jesus up will raise those who are in Christ up as well. Those who are in Christ, those who have a, re- a relationship with Christ will be raised up in Christ. Now Romans eight eleven 11 says, says this, But if the Spirit... Now, I love the if questions because they're if-then questions. If this, then this. So look at what what it says here in Romans. It says, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... What he's saying is if you are truly born again, if, if the Spirit of God dwells in you... Because if the Spirit of God dwells in you, you are born again. If the Spirit of God does not dwell in you, you are not born again. It's that simple. So he says, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The same Spirit who resurrected Christ from the dead is the Spirit of God that indwells us. And once we die, there's a time where He will resurrect this body. He will resurrect these bodies through His Spirit. So the world's thinking is this it's that after life, there's death. That's it. That's the end. There's nothing more. And their thinking is, we simply cease to exist. That's what many, many, many and most in this world truly believe is that's just it. There are a lot of Christians that would believe. There are those in those days that believed there was no resurrection. So what they were saying with that was, well, you know what? We die and that's the end. Okay. There's a poison to that belief. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end, but there's a poison to that belief. So the believer, the, the, the true believer in Christ... Our thinking is different because we understand that after life here, there is life eternal. See, see death is simply, I mean putting it simple in a nutshell, door, death is simply a doorway that we pass through from life on this earth to life eternal. I, I, I've said it before. When we, when we draw that last breath here or, or exhale that last breath here, the instant we pass from, death, from life unto death, we really pass from life unto life because we're going to draw our first breath there. We're going to draw it there. We're going to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We know that there's not this, there's not a big mystery. And we, I, I, I'm afraid we fear this thing of death in a way that if we really, really get down and think about it and dwell on it, it shouldn't scare us at all. We know, man, when we leave here, we're there. It's just, it's just that quick. But there's more detail in here that we're going to find out about our body. Death is simply that transition. And we believe that, amen. Death is a transition, but the question still remains, how? How does that work with our body, what we're talking about? So so Paul illustrates the the resurrection with an example that that really all could understand, and I think even today all can understand. And so look at verse 36 through 38. The latter part of verse 36 says, What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. That's what Paul says. So what you sow, now he's talking about, this is, this is, Planting, you're planting seed. you're sowing seed. What you sow is not made alive. It doesn't come back to life. It doesn't begin to grow unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain. Okay, so what he's saying is if you're sowing corn, you don't sow a corn plant. Right? You don't sow a plant and bury it. You sow the seed of the plant. He says, so what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. You don't sow what is going to be, but mere grain. You sow the seed, the grain of it, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Now I'm going to do something unusual today, okay? So any kids that want to come up here, I want you to come up here. Kiddos, come on up. Don't be shy. I'm going to give you a little gift. I'm going to give you something. And then I'm going to ask you to do something with what I give you, okay? Hello, Thomas. All right. Now, the, Excellent. All right. Y'all get around me. Get around me in a, in a semicircle. You know what a semicircle is? Thank you very much. Get in a little semicircle here, okay? I want to give you a little bean. i give you a, a seed. It's a bean seed, okay? I want you to each look at this. All right, you see that? Have y'all ever seen a bean plant? No. Plant that beans come off of? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that there, is there, what would you, could you eat that bean? No. You, yes. you, could, you could boil it, yeah. wouldn't make much of a meal. wouldn't make much. You wouldn't have much if you cooked that. But if you, if you took that and you planted it in the ground, guess what's going to come up? Do y'all have any bean idea what's going to come up? Bean plant. A bean plant. You think, all right, that is a bean. Y'all know the difference between bean and corn? Yeah. Yeah, y'all do. So is that corn? No. So if I plant that, is a corn plant going to come up? No. It's going to be a bean plant. So the bean plant, bean, bean seed is going to grow a bean plant, correct? Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Okay. All right, let's look at something else here. All right. Y'all know, y'all know what okra is? Uh, yuck. <laughs> Not really. yeah. yuck. Y'all don't like okra? Okra Fri- fried okra is like one of the greatest things I okra. ever. I like okra. I not come up fried. It doesn't come up fried. This is fried okra. All right. Do you have one? Okay. All right, so th- these are okra seeds. Now okra is different. So it, you've got two different seeds there, right? Yeah. You, you're trying to get a whole meal there, aren't you? <laughs> All right, is that is that seed different from the first one I gave you? Yeah. Is that no. seed not different from the first no. one? No. This seed and this seed. Yes. Are they not different? It's a little bit bigger. It's bigger. The skin's different on it, right? Yeah. It's smaller, different size. And this came from okra. Plant. It's a different plant. So, all right, right, if I plant that bean, the bean seed, what's coming up? A, a, bean. a bean. Why wouldn't okra come up? Okra. Um, because, because it's a different plant. plant. It's an... It's a different pl- seed, different plant, right? Now, either of these seeds, I take them home and I plant them. And that's what I want you guys to do, okay? I'm going to give you these other seeds too. And you take them home, put some dirt in a cup, put them in the, in the dirt, water them, and in about seven to ten days, oh they should goodness. sprout up. And what I want you to notice is they're all going to look different, okay? They're going to look different. So when these come up, when these come up, this, this bean here, that bean seed, the plant that comes up, is it going to look like that? No. It's going to be totally different, right? But is it the same thing? Yes. In a way it is. Because if we go down to the DNA of it, if I do test the DNA on this, (laughs) it'll be the same as the DNA on the plant that grows up. They're the same, but they're totally different. You got You know. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? The plant is 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 much bigger. But... Now, recently, they found some seed in uh, one of the Egyptian tombs that had been there for thousands of years, these seed. And guess what they did with those seed? What? They planted them. And guess what happened? They They grew. They grew. So the seed, just like that, can contain life all that time. But there has to be death. It has to go down into the ground, and it begins to decompose, and then it germinates, and then it'll grow. This is actually the same but different. Okay, does that make sense? So what I want you to do, I want you all to take those home and plant them, and then when they start growing, I want you to come and tell me what you see. You see the differences in the plants, okay? All right, so each one. Okay, y'all can go back to your seat, and you can come up. I think I have one more pack, and you can come up after the service. I'll give you those at the end okay come back up and I'll give you some of those Excellent so I hope I hope they understand I hope they'll go home and see that because it's a picture Paul makes it very simple for us to understand we go how does this happen how does this happen Well listen folks if, if those if we want to grow beans we have to put those seed in the ground they have to die and they begin to they literally begin to deteriorate and then they germinate and then how it happens. I was reading this week, one, one man said, one scientist said, he said, I know corn. I know corn inside out, upside down. He said, I can tell you the composition of a corn seed. I can tell you everything's in there exactly down to the he said, and I can take all those ingredients, ingredients, I can mix them up together, I can grind them up together, I can form it to look just like a corn seed, and if I put it in the ground, guess what it's gonna do? It's just gonna rot. Because I can't, we can't make life. God has put that in there, but it's life that comes from death. So the life that comes from that, it is that that green bean seed, green green bean seed. You plant it, it dies. It's going to sprout up, and it comes up as a green bean plant. Same DNA. It's the same thing. It's the foolishness I hear today of well, a pre, uh, you know a a. a, a uh, what's the word they use for children? Um, a fetus. That's not a person. No, it's absolutely. And the person, the person from conception, that person that will be there after birth, is the very same person there after conception. The instant of conception, that person is complete. They're just not formed. So there's a forming in that, so we see a picture of that. But in this case, those seed... They have to die, and then they bring forth a body. That is, it's not the same body, but it is, it is from that older body. Does that make sense? I hope I didn't totally confuse you there. All right, hold that thought, because Paul's going to move on with something else. Now, so, so keep that, and then Paul makes another comparison. Verse 39, he says, All flesh is not the same flesh. He said, But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. Looking, uh, looking at earthly things, there are differences in flesh. So when we see all these things, so the flesh of men, flesh of animals. Jesse went fishing over the weekend. He sent us these pictures of what he caught yesterday. They're cutting it up and dipping it and frying it up. Man, it'd be, that's the way to go, isn't it? Catch it, clean it, cook it. Man, that's the way to go. He said, damn, so fresh. That's different. That fish flesh is different from, from, from chicken. When we see the, the flesh of chicken, the flesh of beast. Beast and birds, fish, animals, man, all flesh, all is different, but it's all flesh. Okay, so there's flesh, but it's all different. So then, then Paul t- looks at uh, things above, verse 40 and 41. He says there are also celestial bodies. That's the bodies up in the heavens, outside of our atmosphere, the celestial bodies. And then there's the terrestrial bodies. Those are earthly bodies. We just talked about some of those earthly bodies. All the animals have a body, and they're all different. Each one is unique. Each animal is unique. Each bird is unique. Each, and listen, we've said this forever. Every snowflake is, uh, there are no two snowflakes. That's what they tell us. No two snowflakes are ever exactly alike. No two people are ever exactly alike. Even identical twins are not exactly alike. They're not exactly alike. And so, no birds, no, no, No two birds of the same species, the same type, are exactly alike. Every body is unique. And then he goes out into into the spaces here, and he says, uh, "...the terrestrial bodies, or the earthly bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another." There's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So there's heavenly bodies. There's the sun, the moon, the stars, and they're all different. They are unique. They are different. The earthly things are lower. They're below. They're lesser. And the heavenly things are upper, above, and greater. Verse 42, he says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. He says, the body is sown in corruption. So the body is sown in corruption. That word, if, if I'm going to give a word that we would use maybe to easier understand, uh, corruption, what does it mean? It means decay. The body is sown in decay. The instant we die, decay starts. Uh, we don't want to think about that. We we spend all the money, all the things we do to try to prolong and preserve a body. The work that went into it, like the the Egyptians, to mummify a body, trying to maintain that body and to keep it from decaying because they believe that they may come alive at another time or something. And and, and so all this work to go into it. The fact is, the instant we pass from life to death, physically, our bodies begin to deteriorate. They begin to decay. So it says... um, the body is sown in corruption and decay. It is raised in incorruption. It is raised in immortality. It's an immortal body. It's never to decay at that point. It will not. When the body, our body is resurrected, it's not going to decay again. It'll be an a, a, a eternal immortal body. It is sown in dishonor. Verse 43, dishonor. That's disgrace, reproach, shame. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. Well, who can give an amen to that? Disease, infirmity, sickness. You know, it, it's the, the older we get. I used to joke with my dad. My, well, my dad would joke with me more, but he'd say, man, these golden years. Everybody talks about these golden years. He, he, said, if I, he said, I'd have lived different if I'd known I was going to live so long. It, 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 look, our body's just—it's as hard as we work, hard as we may work or not work. You know, the fact is, aging is getting us. Disease is getting us. Infirmity and sickness are getting us because as we age, those things are going to happen. And when we die, that body of disease and infirmity and sickness, it's sown in weakness and it is raised in power. Raised in power. It is sown a natural body. Okay? So here's to start getting a little understanding a little deeper here. It is sown a natural body. That's what we have right now. We have a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now, uh, notice that it doesn't say we're raised spiritual. It's not just that we're raised a spirit. Okay? It says we we're raised a spiritual Body, So we have a body that is spiritual. So there's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. The natural body, the earthly body, is fallen and weak and sick and diseased and temporary and it will die. The spiritual body, the resurrected body, is eternal, sinless, powerful, and will live forever. Hallelujah. Second, amen. Hallelujah. That's absolutely right. Come on. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, For we know that if our earthly house, look, we understand this, right? Our earthly house, this tent. Paul says this tent, if it is destroyed, we as believers have a building from God. Okay. Now he's not talking about here uh, some mansion in glory. He's talking about our body. If our body is destroyed, if this earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands eternal in the heavens, for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. So it's a heavenly body. It is a spiritual body. It's a body not built with hands. I was thinking even this morning as I read this, a thought came to mind about, you know, a, a house not made with hands. And I think back to how did God create Adam? I believe God created him with his hands. I believe his fingerprints were all over Adam. He took dust he took dirt from the ground. He formed Adam. And then he breathed into him the breath of life. It's, it's not what he's talking about here. He's not t- talking about building some body of clay. He's not talking about building a body of dust that will just go back. He's talking about a body that is built. Uh, it, 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 is, it is our habitation, which is from heaven. And ultimately, it is for heaven. We will get a new body. Our old body is like the seed. We will reap a new body. That gets its DNA from the seed, but every, uh, but very much unlike the seed. Okay, so just like that plant comes up, it, it has it, it's totally different, and yet it's, it's 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 the exact same thing. If we looked at it at the DNA level, it's the same thing, but it's totally different. It's a totally different form. It's totally been changed. Resurrection. Now understand this: Resurrection does not mean that the old body and the pieces and parts of the dead corpse are 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 reanimated. That's not the idea here. Now, I've joked about this, and I, I, I kind of believe this to be the case. I believe God will put our bodies back together, but they're going to be changed. And we'll see that later when, we, when it talks about in the rapture that, that those who are alive are changed. So there's a change to the body. So it's not just taking that body that's there and reanimating it, just giving it life so it raises up. Because if it did, if there wasn't a change to it, you know what we have there is, is zombies. Right. Now, here's what's sad is we're in a culture today that loves to talk about zombies, the undead, those kind of things. And it's always you see the decay of of a body that has come back to to life, the the undead or whatever they would call that. But, folks, there are people believe that, but they won't believe in the resurrection. They would they wouldn't question that. And yet they would question, well, how can God put a body back together? How can God raise a body from the dead? How can He do this? This is the God who... Just look around. Everything that exists, exists because He created, He spoke it into being. He resurrected Christ from the dead. If He can resurrect Christ from the dead and give Him a new spiritual body, how how's it we think He can't do that with us? So... It's not that, that he just reanimates our bodies, but rather our perishable body is transformed. Our body becomes something altogether different. The spiritual body is also a physical body, but it's different from the earthly body. Okay? So, if, if, if this body here, it's my body. It ain't a great body. I mean, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not quite like Schwarzenegger or any of those guys, um, You know, there's things I would certainly change. There's certainly things I can change. I just haven't chosen to change them. Uh, But boy, I I don't want to go into eternity with this body as it is. Anybody agree? Anybody got some knee pain in the mornings or back pains or you get headaches? Man, I've been fighting. I've been fighting. uh, I'm getting too personal here about this pain I'm having with some of the stuff I eat now. Somebody's telling me, man, you might have uh, gallbladder issues, but it's like a sword coming through my chest and back. And certain things I eat will, will flare that up. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like I don't want that any turn. I don't want that. I won't be done with that. But you know what I would like? Th- this is me. This body God gave me and the way he formed me, this is me. That's who. That's how you know me. That's how I know me. I look in the mirror I mean, if I looked in the mirror and saw Brad Pitt, I would—that would mess me up. That would mess—I'd be hitting the mirror or something. That would mess me up. So it's different. So we get—we we're going to have a physical body, but it's different than our earthly body. You know, sometimes I've heard it said this way. You know, here we have a, we have our earth suit, but but up there we're going to have our heaven. We're going to have our our heaven suit. It's going to be—it's going to be the same but different. And so I'm getting a little bit ahead because I think we're going to know each other as unique as the stars are, they all have their own glory. Each one of us have our own glory. When that body's raised up, we're going to know, Miss Lynn, I'm going to know you in eternity. I'm going to look at you and know you. You're going to know me. Not like we're going to turn into some glowing blob that just floats around or something. It's not like that, folks. We're going to to have a body, but it's a spiritual body, not an earthly body. So now Paul begins in another thought to illustrate that the new body, uh, what it'll be like. Verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living, a, a living being. The last Adam, speaking of Christ, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Okay. Paul is quoting from Genesis 2. So, and we know, we know about the first Adam because we are like him. We sin because we are in Adam. We've looked at that and studied that out. The last Adam is Jesus Christ. And the first Adam receives life temporary. The last Adam, which is Jesus, gives life eternally. So, so in, in, in Adam, we only have temporary life. We just have this earthly temporary life. But in Christ, when we come into that relationship with Christ, he gives us eternal life. He is a life-giving spirit. Um, verse 46 says, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, that's capital M right there, speaking of Christ again. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So Adam was made from the dust of the earth. Again, you go to Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust, dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And Adam's body returned to dust. We see that in Genesis three nineteen. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, from dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Now that was the result of the fall of sin. Adam, Adam, if they had not sinned, would have lived in those glorified bodies eternally. But when they sinned, the body began to die. Spiritually, they died at that moment of sin. They died spiritually, and physically, they began the death process right there. And and God says it very clearly, you you are made of dust, and to dust you shall return. That is the fate of our natural bodies. We become worm food in the ground. And it's it's just a fact. We are, like, we are um, we're like the first Adam. But after the resurrection, we become like the second man. Going back to verse 47 there. The second man is the Lord from heaven. We become like him in the resurrection. We come because of salvation. Then in the resurrection, we become like him. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And Jesus was resurrected with his heavenly body. Verse 48. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust... And as is the heavenly man, so are all those who are heavenly. So we're like Adam in that, listen, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you know what, we we all have that death on us. We all, in the image of Adam, in his likeness, we we have that sentence of death on us. And short of the rapture, as a believer, short of a rapture, we're all going to die you know what's what's the saying you know we're not getting out of this alive right. just 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 embrace that now i'm praying the Lord comes back look we're all going to go in the rapture y'all understand that right we're all going in the rapture, but I want to go from the living body you know i want to i want to i don't want to do the other part I really don't, but if I have to, we'll do it but it's all it's it's it, he's going to change us he's going to change us we're all going to go when he comes in the rapture those who have <laughs> Those who have died, they're going to go first. They're going to go up, and then those who remain are going to go up, and we're going to be changed. Um, so in this life, we are like the first Adam. We're frail, we're sick and temporary. From dust we came, and to dust we're going to return. But for those who are in Christ, we shall be like Christ. For those who are in Christ, we shall be like Christ. First John chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it, is, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, listen, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Man, what a great thing. They saw Christ, okay? They laid eyes on Christ. They touched Christ. They saw his spiritual body. The same body that they saw there is the body that's in heaven today. And that body is what we're going to be like. So... To know what we'll be like, we need only to look at Jesus. Philippians 3.21. Who will transform our lowly body that that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which we are able even to subdue all things to Himself. We, uh, who will, listen, transform our lowly body. Will transform our lowly body that may be conformed to His glorious body. He's going to change us. And he's going to change us to be like him. Jesus, like I said before, Jesus is not a spirit. He's not just a a, a spirit that's floating around. He has a physical body, and we're going to have a physical body. After the resurrection, Jesus' disciples didn't know what to think. They're clueless. They were were in shock. They were were in disbelief. So Jesus came into their midst, and he explains it to them. You write down Luke 24. Go back and read this. Luke 24, 38 through 43 And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. He's showing them his body, his resurrected body here. He says, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as as you see I have. For he had said, uh, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy... And marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. So listen, when they, when, they, when, when, uh, so the question is, why were they troubled? Why was it they see Jesus? Now it's enough they see Jesus, but why were they troubled? Because Jesus, who they saw dead, was standing before them in the flesh, in a body, not as a spirit. Even though they had, they had heard him say this, they were still struggling tr- to comprehend and understand what they were seeing in front of them. And, and we ought to think about that because sometimes, sometimes I think we get really hard on the disciples and, like, well, yeah, they didn't believe. They were there. You just saw a man crucified. You saw Jesus crucified. You saw him buried. And now he's standing before you live. In his body, they're they're in shock, and he's helping them to process this and understand this. They knew him, and we will be known as we are known now. Okay, So just like they knew him, he was very distinct. He he, he had a glorified body, but they knew who he was. He wasn't different in a way that they didn't recognize him. They absolutely recognized him, and we'll, we'll be able to recognize each other. We're going to be the same. We're going to be know each other, but we'll be the same, but different. We're going to be able to eat with our new bodies. Now, I'm not sure we're going to need to eat, but we're obviously going to eat. We can eat, and we know we're going to have the marriage supper of the lamb. Um, I like to eat. Amen? I, I, got, some, I got some requests for that, 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 that table. I got some requests. But God's probably got a, a delicacies we've never even imagined that we're going to be able to eat of. Um, but we're going to eat. Jesus didn't need doors. Right? I don't, I don't think scriptures record a one time he walked through a door, as in opening the door. He just walked through the wall. He just, boom, he's there. So he, he walked through walls. He wasn't limited by time, he, he, he wasn't limited by distance, he wasn't limited by a body that grew weary and tired. He was from earth to heaven and back. He was out on the, the road to Emmaus. He was back in the upper room. He was all over and he just he zipped around. We will be more like Christ. Listen, here's what's going to happen. When we are, when our resurrected bodies, we're going to be more like Christ. Um, we're going to be more than like Christ. We're actually going to be in the image of Christ. Okay, So now our, our desire as Christians today is you know, we want to be like Christ. The fact is we know we can't be just like Christ because we're in sinful bodies. We still have a sin nature. We still have these struggles. We can only strive to, we'll never reach perfection, but He is our goal. He is what we want to emulate and copy and become like. We want to be like Jesus. We'll never be able to do that. But in our resurrected body, we will be in the image of Christ. Verse 49 says, And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. We're going to bear the image of Christ. We're going to be in the same body like He is. We need to be reminded what sin has done. Though man was made in the image of God, Genesis 5-1 tells us that in the day that God created man, He made him in the likeness of God. We were made in the likeness of God. Adam, not we, but Adam was made. Adam and Eve was made in the likeness of God. However, look at what the Bible says in verse 3 there. Genesis 5, 3 says, And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son son in his own likeness. So after the fall, we're no longer reproducing and being in the likeness of God. We are now reproducing the likeness of Adam. He, 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 he begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. Because of sin, we, the descendants of Adam, reflect the image of Adam rather than that of God. As Christians, true believers in Christ, we're in the process of being conformed back into the image of Christ. That's what the whole process of sanctification. You know, look, we're sanctified at salvation, but there's a progressive there's a sanctifying process that is going on constantly through our life as a believer. And then at, at the rapture, at our death, when, we, when we're with the Lord, then I will, the, the sanctification process will be complete. That'll be, man, won't that be glory? Won't that be glory? We struggle and fight with stuff now because we're in this process of being sanctified. And we're trying to get rid of this junk and that attitude and this, this, this whatever that is, all that. And you're going, what is that? I don't even know what that is, but it ain't good. God doesn't like it. We're trying to get rid of those things. We're constantly trying to be more like Jesus, but the day's going to come where we won't have to try to be like Jesus because we're going to be conformed to His image. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Man, we as Christians got to embrace this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who know, uh, love God and to, and to those who are the called according to His purpose. If you're a child of God, you've got to embrace that, that all things work together for good. The Scriptures do not say all things are good. Nowhere does it say that when, when uh, Job's family and wealth and all that was wiped out, the Bible doesn't say that was good. But God, God absolutely allowed that, and He used it in Job's life in an incredible way because Job submitted to that. He allowed God to use that. Verse 29 that goes on and says, "...for whom He foreknew..." He also predestined, listen, to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's God's plan for us. His children will be conformed to the image of His Son that He might might be the firstborn among many believers. The the beauty of the believer being resurrected is that we we will regain the image of God in which we were originally created. We regain that. We go back, when you, when you look at, we, we just finished up studying Revelation. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. All the old junk is, is going to be gone. And all the old junk in us is going to be gone. And everything is going to be restored to that original, the way it was when God created Adam and Eve. Back into the image of God that we'll be. Mm. We're spending our lives here reflecting the sinful nature that we inherited from Adam but those who are in Christ will spend eternity reflecting the image of our Creator. That's what we'll do for all of eternity. So the question comes up, and I'm going to move real quick right here. Is, 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 look at these last eight verses. Is So why must we die? Why must we die? Why, why couldn't God just change us without us dying? Well, the fact is, you know, at some point, He's going to return. And He's going to take the church. But the fact is, we're dying. Our bodies are dying and and we can say, but somebody is not going to live 2000 years till the Lord rapture. So folks are dying in that time. Verse 50 says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. So it tells us right there that we in the state that we are in, we cannot, this body cannot inherit eternal life. It has to be changed. And so this is part of the process. These, these sinless, I mean, these sinful, weak, frail, sickly, corrupt bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We must receive from God a new body. And that's part of what happens. So then you say, well, what if, the, if, if we have to die in order to be changed? Then what happens if the rapture comes before I die? Look at verse 51 it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now when the way Paul wrote that, I think Paul anticipated being alive when the Lord returned. And many of the writers then did. and all through, all through, you know, there are some who, who say, well they've talked about the Lord returning all this time. You know what? All through the generations, all through the, the centuries, Christians have believed that the Lord's returning. They, looking back, it would, it would be easy for them to look at it now and go, oh, wow, we missed this, we missed that prophetically. And I really do believe that we are... The Lord's return is, is imminent, and it has been. It, it has been. I believe the Lord's return... I know it's imminent, but I believe it's, it's close. I do believe that, that if the Lord grants me a, a number of years, I believe that we're going to see the Lord's return. Um, so we may not all sleep... But he says, we shall all be changed. And so the change that's necessary, if we don't die a physical death, he's going to make that change in our body at the rapture when he calls us up. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trump will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We're going to be changed. So... Those who are not, have not died when the rapture comes, they don't have to die in order to be resurrected to, to receive their new body. God's going to make that change. Verse 53, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Folks, when we receive that eternal body, there is no no more dying. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's how it works. We're born, right? We're born, we're in sin. And and unless we come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, then one day we're going to die. Right? We're going to die. Every one of us is, is going to die. And if you do not come into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then that's the term we would say that you are lost. You're lost in your sin. And here's what happens. After uh, death comes judgment. And if you were born once and now you have died once, then what happens with the judgment is then you're going to be judged lacking and found lacking because you don't have a relationship with Christ and you'll be sent to hell, the second death. So it's simple. You can be born once, and if you're only born once, you will die twice. But if you are born again, we are born, we're born in sin We are are headed for hell. We know if we die in our sin, we're headed for hell, but we come to a relationship with Christ, a true saving relationship with Christ. That is a second birth. It's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. You must be born again. Now there's a physical birth. You're born once. Now there's a Spiritual birth, you're born again into eternal life. You're forgiven of your sin. You come into a personal relationship with Christ through confession of your sin and faith in Jesus Christ. Now there is a second birth. Now when you die, you've had two births and one death. And you'll never taste the second death. That's for us as believers. And so this morning, if you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior... You, you, you've, you've got the sentence of, we're, we're, unless the rapture comes, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. But would that just be your first death that leads to the second? Or will it be the first death that is the last death? And it's all dependent on what you do with Jesus Christ. Nothing else. It's not now how good a husband or wife you are or how great a parent you are. It doesn't matter how good a friend you've been. It doesn't matter how much, how hard you've worked, how much charity work you've done. It doesn't matter what your, how many gold stars you've gotten Sunday school through the years, how many times you were baptized. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is what have you done? What what are, have you done with Jesus Christ in this life? The only thing that matters. If it doesn't matter at the moment you die, it doesn't matter. And all that matters is what, what have you done with Jesus? Have you rejected him? I'll tell you a story and then we'll be done. Gene and I went over to the beach yesterday afternoon just, just to get away a little bit and go sit on the beach. I like to do that and watch the waves and stuff. So we're sitting there and have my Georgia hat on. And, and a guy walks away. I found that to be a great conversation starter. It used to be, boy, they stink. Now they go, hey, dogs, you know. And so this guy comes by and he says, well, I'm from Athens. I said, really? I said, we're from Athens. So we get to talk and he talked 20 minutes. We, 20, 25 minutes we, we, we talked. And, uh, you know, it's, I've been telling you, there's, you, can, you can turn any conversation into a spiritual conversation. Yeah. And we went from talking about Georgia and he's done cussed and ranted about some things and this and that and the other. And I, I just asked him, I said, hey, man, I got a question for you. I said, that Georgia football is pretty exciting. I said, but. It's not real important. I said, I said, are you a believer? Have you ever placed your faith in Christ? He goes, oh, no, but you know, I, I know I need to. I know I need to. So we had a we, we took t- good 10 minutes. We talked to him about the Lord, the simplicity of the gospel. And the need, he understood it. He'd been in church. He understood. He said, I know, I just need to give it, give it up and turn it over to him and just believe and trust him. He said, I'm just having a problem with that. And we talked about the fact that's pride. He said, I don't think it's pride. I said, well, let me tell you how it's pride. You don't want to give up the way you're living because you still want to be in charge. You still want to do it your way. And he went, oh yeah, that's pride. Yeah, that's good. So we talked. I got his name. We've been, we're going to pray for him. Um, but, you know, it breaks your heart when somebody walks away. But, but we shared again the truth of the gospel with him. Now, if that man died last night in his sleep, he knew the truth. He never responded to the truth. He would, he would, he's going to die a second time. But if he went home and opened his Bible and called out on the name of the Lord and confessed his sin and put his faith in Christ, then he, he could have died last night. And that'd be it for the death because he'd be in life. It's that simple, folks. Listen, it's a glorious thing to know that when we're born again, man, here, here let, let me read the last verse. <laughs> last verse, verse 58. Look, look what Paul says. is therefore, therefore, all this, all this he just said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. That word steadfast, it means just to be settled. You need to be settled in what you believe. Don't get caught up in these lies about there being no resurrection. Here's the poison of that. If there is no resurrection, everything we're doing is in vain. Don't get caught up in that lie. He says, be steadfast, immovable. That just means unmovable. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that, and that literally means to superabound. Always abound. It means superabound in quantity or quality. To be in excess. He says, he says, Uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And here's the key. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord because there is a resurrection. The Lord was resurrected. You're going to be resurrected. You're going to have a new body. It's going to be a great body. You're going to love it. And, and you're going to be able to do things you never imagined. You're not going to hurt in the morning. You're not going to have migraines. You're not going to have knee pain or back pain, Cliff. All that's going to be gone. You ain't going to have indigestion. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Gail. <laughs> and, and everything we do, folks, it ain't in vain and the Lord doesn't forget what you're doing. So press on, press on, press on. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Pastor Aaron, if you'll come.